2: And 365 day returns.
1: This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Serious Issues, a Whitley comic book podcast brought to you by your good friends over at Kings Comics. My name is Andrew Levins.
0: My name is Siobhan.
1: And Coombs.
0: Yeah. No, I'm like Madonna. Now. Did I say both my names? You did. Right, but cool. I just decided to go off script. No, no, Coombs. No, Coombs. Get out of here,
1: Coombs. Absolutely. You're no good.
0: I'm, a, I'm like Madonna or Beck Beyonce, or Drake. Beyonce. Exactly.
1: Just, you're just singing. Or, you're not a recording artist, now. Yeah. Uh, Listen
0: out for my new single. Mozart. <laughs> yep.
1: What's his, what's his first name? Wolfgang. Well, yeah, is it?
0: I think so, right? Amadeus. Amadeus. Isn't <laughs> he Wolfgang Amadeus? <laughs> It's Cho Okay, Cho <laughs> um,
1: Every week we uh, we try and guess the names of famous classical <laughs> artists throughout history And uh, would you believe it, it's been over 100 episodes of this And we haven't done the same artist twice It's
0: amazing <laughs> uh,
1: Just kidding, what we do every week is read all the comics that came out last week And I'm going to let you, let you know at the top of this episode This episode's going to be a little bit shorter than usual Not because we're the lazy ones, but because the publishers are lazy this week
0: Up your game uh, No, don't. don't This Please is actually
1: sign. the perfect amount of comics I only read... 24 books this week. Yeah, that was it nice. It was incredible. It was real nice. I have, I have a pile of three number ones.
0: Yep. I it, have four. Four. It's, it's, what wow. is going on with this week? It's, I read more number ones than
1: 11s. Um, so, yeah, publishers, thank you so much for not releasing that much this week. Uh, it means it's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode, but fear not, everybody. We're putting out an extra bonus episode this week on our Patreon feed um, about a selection of uh, graphic novels that mm-hmm. Siobhan and I have read um, over the last month. Yeah. Um, and these include books by um, Rich DeMarso, um what's his name the guy who did Box Brown, um, Brown? and yep. also who's the guy who does Deadly Class uh, Where's Craig
2: oh cool yeah that
1: was a good one. Um, oh, man and, uh, and James kachalka that's you, how I read
0: I did not read that many graphic novels this month guys that's four yeah alright I didn't read that many oh, you wow. read loads
1: find out how many Siobhan read Lo- four isn't loads
0: I read like two off the top of my head
1: (laughs) (laughs) we'll find out what Siobhan read over the last month Uh, if you buy go over to patreon.com slash serious issues podcast and I think it's just two bucks a month is all you need to pledge to get access to all of our bonus episodes Uh, ignore all the weird uh, levels of teardom please ignore them um, because we don't we're we're, We're never
0: going to do it (laughs) (laughs)
1: I've got to to go edit those to more realistic uh, things that we will actually do. But uh, you will get access to a whole bunch, about 10 hours of uh, of bonus material that we've recorded about comics, Mm -hmm. including an episode about recent graphic novels that we've been talking about. Look, any opportunity to hear a little bit more shinbone and Lev Dog in your life. Dog and Bone.
0: Absolutely. Why would you not take that chance?
1: Uh, So go head over to patreon.com slash Serious Issues Podcast for some bonus material. If you you feel shortchanged by this week's episode, which is not our fault, it's the publisher's fault. fault. Absolutely. The great publishers for doing a great service to us. Thank you. We begin every episode of Serious Issues by reviewing the new series that started in the last week. And uh, this week, I got three number ones. This segment's called First Things First, by the way. Um, And uh, all three of my number ones were published by Marvel.
0: Yeah. Um, Yes.
1: And two of them are like, you know, whatever, dumb mini-series tie-ins to other events going on. But... One of them was just a whew, home run, I thought. Yeah. And that so is gorgeous. Uh, Black Panther number one. It's a new Black Panther number one, written by uh, the the same dude who's written the last 24 issues of uh, Black Panther, Ta-Nehisi Coates, mm-hmm. uh, with new artist Daniel Acuna, uh, who's been one of my favorite Marvel artists for the, over the last five years. Yeah. Uh, I've loved him on Cap. I've loved him on... Uh, loved he him as a man. What did he do with Remender? He did some good stuff for Remender, I think, too. Yep. Sure he did, did. Really Uncanny X Force, maybe I can't remember. No,
0: okay. I don't remember.
1: That was Rubik. Anyway, he's um, great. He's great. He's really, really good. And uh, the two of them team up for the intergalactic empire of Wakanda, which which sees the uh, the king of Wakanda, T'Challa, um, another person with only one name. Yeah, just like Mozart. <laughs> um, <laughs> Black Panther wakes up um, in. A, uh, a future world. He's in space. He's in space. Um, and at, at some point in, a, in our timeline, uh, the nation of Wakanda flew into space and started an empire of Wakanda in, in the galaxy. And uh, as time went on, their ideals became further and further away from what we know as Wakanda's current ideals.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, the galacti- intergalactic empire of Wakanda may be the bad guys, Siobhan. Yeah, totally. And T'Challa wakes up um, imprisoned and uh, leads a a kind of one-man riot trying to get out of uh, imprisonment. Beats up a bunch of people um, and uh, doesn't really know where he is. Can't remember who he is. Mm
0: -hmm. But Um, he can remember a sexy Storm.
1: That's right. Um, So all the while, Storm is trying to get him to wake up Mm -hmm. uh, in the present. Uh, This book felt familiar in uh, its storytelling. I've definitely, like, you know, read sudden flash-forwards in time in, in comics before, mm-hmm. but I thought this was done really, really well. I've not read anything like this from a Black Panther book before. Absolutely. And I love the idea that, you know, T'Challa is indirectly responsible for this horrible empire that have uh, imprisoned him.
0: And now we get to see him team up with, I think, M'Baku and um, one of the Dora Milaje and do some cool... Nakia, isn't it? Cool space shit.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, so basically I think as, like, the the, the people from, like you know, Black Panther's friends and family have kind of, their names live on in legend. And mm-hmm. so they're assigned to new warriors mm.
2: uh,
1: throughout time, I guess. And so, yeah, he's now going to lead some kind of, like, rebellion against uh, the Empire. Uh, this is great. Man, this is fucking fun.
0: This is not what I expected. <laughs> like, I know that this is what was in the ads, that it was going to be in space. But I just love how many, like, um, different things... Coates is doing with Black Panther.
1: Well, I mean, and 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 compare this to his first Black Panther number one, yeah. which you know we stuck with, and you enjoyed it more than mm-hmm. I did from the, from the get go. But it took me a while to warm to it. For me, I think you know, and you can go back and listen to those reviews. I said it was you know very obvious. That this is this is a comic book written by a novelist. Yeah. Um, and I feel like you know he has. He has, he's spent the last two years writing lots of comics for Marvel, uh, getting to know the characters and also getting to know the format. Absolutely. Like he's clearly someone that loves and grew up with comics, but you know, writing them is, 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 it's different to writing a book and this feels like a pro. Absolutely. Just, just flexing. It's all showing, no telling. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. there's, there's, it was just a breeze to read. It's a, it's a, a, is it like it's a a few extra pages in this? It's It's a bonanza blockbuster. Other B words. Boats art yeah. um, issue. And uh, this was just just a thrill to read. Absolutely. Akuna's art.
0: Akuna is so good. And he is colours? Just one of, yeah, I Does was going to um, call out the colours and I was trying to find the name because it's so beautiful to look at and it's like this yep. insane... Like I, I can't think of many artists who would be better suited to... Getting like the color palette for this correct,
1: totally. And I don't think I've seen Arcunya do like massive intergalactic space stuff too. And he no. does, he does color his own art, by the way. So Ooh. he's a he's a one man force. He's incredible. Um, this was one of the absolute highlights of my reading week. Yeah, for sure. Um, and as you heard at the start of the episode, there weren't that many books, so this was, you know, yeah. it had had less. Comp- I don't even know. It, it was- just meant it was.
0: Gooder. It was good, somehow. <laughs> Maths.
1: Um, but, yeah, this was an absolute knockout a- issue. And, I mean, look, I, I think everyone, every every comics fan, should definitely go back at some point and, and read what Tatana Coates was trying to do along the full run. Yeah. Uh, the, the payoff in issue 12... That, of the story that he was trying to build from from the first issue of the of the, the previous run, and then again on issue twenty four, we, mm. were really really rewarding. Absolutely, but this is just like if you if you were turned off by that writing, which was very very like you know I had to read every page twice.
0: Yeah, it was very like it was a fairly dry sort of political. But, like, I mean, I still i for me, that's still my favorite of his Black Panther stuff because he was like really trying to do something different and say something interesting with um the character. And I thought that was super cool, But also in space. that's great. <laughs> yeah.
1: so yeah, if, if you uh, if you were turned off by that his way of writing back then, mm-hmm. um, give this one a shot. It's Absolutely. great. Black Panther issue number one, one of the best that I read this week. Sure. Marvel put out two other number ones this week. Another one was kind of set in space too. It's the Infinity Countdown uh, spin off d- featuring Dark Hawk. And um, unlike almost everything else to do with this uh, intergalactic event, um, this was not written by Charles um, Chelsea.
0: I assume he writes everything. Colin no. Bunn? No, not Colin Bunn.
1: The guy who's writing <laughs> the event. Uh, Jerry Duggan. There we go. This is not written by Jerry Duggan. This was actually written by um, Chris
0: Sims and Chad Bowers, the team who brought us um, Sword Quest. Sword Quest.
1: And they actually wrote the uh, Dark Hawk issue 51, whatever mm-hmm, it was, mm-hmm. last, last year too. Which was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Um, this also has art by um, Gang Hyuk Lim. And, which I um,
0: really like. It's very um, like manga. Definitely. But almost more like a sort of um, like a, a video game. Yeah, like, a main, like a Japanese RPG.
1: Yeah, it's really, really lovely, especially when he gets to draw Dark Hawk flexing his powers.
0: Yeah, cool. Super so cool.
1: This is going to be a three-issue miniseries, I think. Mm-hmm. Four-issue miniseries. I'm um, tying into the uh, Infinity Countdown uh, event. And uh, kind of first half of it is kind of picking you up to speed with this character of Dark Hawk, mm-hmm. who is a police officer who has like a gem that... Uh, he used to always use to turn into a superhero known as Darkhawk, uh, who is pretty much like a like a space bird. Yeah. Um, and uh, he lost he lost his powers for a while. The jewel came back. He can he can access Darkhawk again. But he learns some weird new truths about what happens to his body when he uh, when he activates his superpowers in mm-hmm. this one. Uh, basically, he dies and then his body is recreated again, which Classic. is pretty pretty weird. Um, and uh, yeah, he's like home life isn't that great. He's kind of. Dissatisfied, and all he wants to do is to get to space and uh, start helping the people in space.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so his brother is a um, is a no, no. His brother's not a Nova.
1: No, wasn't it Robbie Ryder? So Nova's brother, yes. Nova, Nova's brother is
0: <laughs> being attacked by some. The, the Bad guys. The Raptors.
1: The Raptors have the same costumes as Dark Hawk. In fact, yes. Dark Hawk's costume is stolen he is raptor, a raptor Tech. Yeah, so look, it, it, it's a whole bunch of cosmic nonsense. Yeah,
0: anyway, I quite liked it though.
1: I, 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 I like cosmic nonsense. Yeah. So yeah.
0: I mean, we can't explain what happened in it, but it was a pretty good issue. You and now it looks like he's going to go on a sort of. A cosmic road trip with a fairly like hilarious new bounty hunter character called Death's Head who I liked. Yeah, he was he was he, funny. Really, yeah, like, like, like he was
1: like weird medieval villain with a massive laser pistol.
0: Yeah, and a like a big skull head.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot to like about this um fun little tie in. Whether or not it'll have much weight in terms of the bigger event is irrelevant. It's fun. It's good Absolutely. good character work for the uh character of Dark Hawk. And I know Dark Hawk is like a kind of fan favourite that everyone wishes had an ongoing series still, so Get this one if you if you missed him.
0: Absolutely, it's worth it, guys.
1: So that was Infinity Countdown, Dark Hawk number one, and we move on to the final number one for me this week. Um, Hunt for Wolverine continues uh, with the we get the 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 fourth mini series dedicated to the Hunt for Wolverine, which begs the question: which of these miniseries will actually find Wolverine? And I predict none, none of, of them, them or all of them. Yeah, true. So uh, do you reckon they all going to summit? They're all going to end up at the same place, and that's where they find Wolverine, or they all find a part of him. Like, like Mystery of Madripoor which is the one we're about to review, find his foot.
0: One of no I was gonna say like one of them finds like his hat, one of them finds his cowboy boots, one right. of them finds his patch.
2: Keep Just going. Trying to think of one different costumes. One,
0: one of them finds his brown costume, one Are of you? them finds his yellow costume, <laughs> oh, one good. of them finds his beers. Um, this was trash. This took me so long to read. Mystery and Madripoor. It took me like a hundred years to read everything else.
1: Mystery and Madripoor is the name of this one. This uh, features a uh, team of all ladies: uh, so Jubilee, Domino, Storm, uh, Kitty Pryde, uh, Psylocke, and Rogue. Um, written by Jim Zub, art by Tony Salas, who draws
0: some some very strange boobs.
1: Yep. Strange boob watch. Lots of them in this one. Um, and uh, Philippe Sobrero on colors on this one, who colors some very strange boobs, though no fault of his own. Um, this uh, basically has those ladies, those lady X-Men, X-Ladies, mm. um, uh, travel to Madripoor to mm-hmm. to track down Magneto to ask him if he stole um, Wolverine. Wolverine. But turns out well, Magneto is not even in Madripoor, some other weird... Uh, Like a sexy lady with a
0: brain, her brain showing, which is the sexiest part of a woman.
1: It's my favorite organ.
0: (laughs) Oh God, Um, God, that was awful. (laughs) I also hate because this has a classic like all of the X ladies going to a nightclub, which I feel like happens a lot in (coughs) X Men comics. But all of their outfits are awful, Mm -hmm. awful, awful, awful. Yeah, did a bad job. Silas, is that who it is? Silas. Silas. Tony, I'm sorry, Tony.
1: I liked his uh, his take on uh, Magneto though, even though it's not actually yeah. Magneto. But Magneto looks great in a Absolutely. in a tux with his wispy anime hair.
0: Yeah, I'm into that.
1: That was cool. Uh, this, uh, yeah, this they've gotten. I feel like the first two miniseries we got of this, which I can't even remember now because we've gotten so many of these, but uh, th- they were pretty good. And then. It, that last week, one week last week, that Mirko Tamaki did with the zombies was yeah, less good, and great. this one may be the worst. It may be the worst. Watch me keep reading them all, though, because Absolutely. I'm invested enough in the first two of them that uh
0: And I want to see who finds his claws.
1: So it's Weapon Lost, which is the dead ever one. That one was good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Adamantium Agenda, which is the New Avengers one. So Luke Cage and Jess Jones and the. Oh yeah, that was the Tom Taylor written one. That was probably my favorite. Yeah. Um,
0: and then Claws of a Killer.
1: Which is the zombies one, which is you I know, don't need zombies. Zombies yeah. are dumb.
0: No one needs zombies.
1: Uh, so swing wait, uh, home run for Marvel. Then yep. um, then uh, swing and a miss for yep. Oh no, I was uh, swing and, uh, loaded bases. I don't know, I don't know many bases. Yeah, I was gonna there, see already.
0: I was gonna see how far you could take this baseball metaphor. No,
1: sure. And then a soggy hot dog for <laughs> mystery and metropol. <laughs> Gross. Uh, you read one number one that I did not? I did. Killer. I read
0: Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Urban Legends. Because the cover looks great. The cover looks like a really classic Turtles, Eric Larson vibes. Yeah, this is killer. Um, which is really cool. Because it
1: was, was Eric Larson. Yeah. And the, the interiors,
0: he inks it as well. Oh, wow. And it looks like an Eric Larson comic. Oh, my God.
1: It looks ridiculous. It's hilarious. It's so 90s.
0: It's so 90s. It's like the most 90s... Um. Turtles book. It's borderline unreadable.
1: So it's uh, published by RDW, who's, who do all the Ninja Turtles stuff, written by Gary Carlson, art by Frank Fosco, with inks by Eric Larson, and Chance Wolf, colours by Adam Gazowski.
0: And this is the most surprisingly like, um, rude and like.
1: Cool but rude?
0: Borderline cool sex.
1: Cool but rude? Do you get what that is referencing? No, to? I don't. Raphael. I'm so sorry. Raphael. Raphael is cool but rude. Ah, Give me a break. I'm so sorry. Michelangelo. is a.
0: Look, I don't know. There's a
1: party dude.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, there's like a bondage lady villain who has spikes all over her head and like the most Eric Larson costume of all time. Uh Um, And they're just all like... (laughs) She's... Look how hot she is! Nah, I bet her face is ugly because she's wearing a mask, like shit like that. And I was, I was like, God, this is so weird. Um, for a turtles book, and then like, everyone- is it is it
1: not a reprint from something like a long time ago, or is it? No, is it's,
0: it's new. This Isn't is new. So strange. Oh, is it? Oh, okay, so it's a reprint. It is a reprint. Right. Why does it say first issue uh, on it? Fucking.
1: Okay, Jim's come well, anyway. through with the knowledge. Jim Papa uh, from from Kings has come <laughs> through racist. has come through with the uh that's not racist, just, just my inability to, to read consonants in a in a last name that has more than eight letters. Papa uh.
0: Gregorio. It's <laughs> my favorite word to say. Um anyway, it's not great. So apparently this is a reprint of an old image series. From and the nineties. Definitely reads like that.
1: Right, there you go. I'm probably
0: not gonna read it anymore, if I'm honest. I would love to like just um look at the pictures forever.
1: Yep, a fun but- oddity. That's about it. And wonder if if the hot lady does indeed have an ugly face under that mask.
0: There's only one way to find out.
1: Take the mask off? Or draw it yourself? Draw (laughs) it yourself. That is First Things First for the week. And um, now it's time to play a fun game called Roll the Dice for Image, Marvel, or DC. Um, Thanks to our very good friend...
0: Brad Love.
1: Brad Love.
0: We love uh, Brad Love.
1: Who made us a uh, very, very cool three-sided die. Um, And we're going to roll it. And I rolled Marvel first. And then I rolled Image. So Marvel, then Image, then DC. Great. Um, So let's start with uh, some more. It was a pretty good Marvel week this week. Yeah. In Uh, fact, and and a less good DC week. And the one Marvel book that I didn't like is by a writer that's famously leaving Marvel to work for DC. So good luck with that, DC.
0: Who's leaving to work at Bendis? Oh yeah, oh uh, yeah, that wasn't good. But anyway,
1: uh, the the one thing I want to talk about first is um, a book that we've been waiting six years for, mm. and that is uh, Shield,
0: a book that I literally was. Never thought, even like the week before release, I was like, there's no way this is coming out. It's all a Hickman trick.
1: In 2011, we got a six-issue miniseries uh, that was written by Jonathan Hickman, uh, one of the greatest writers uh, for Marvel in in the last decade, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, with uh, great art by uh, Dustin Weaver, Mm -hmm. who uh, we last reviewed a bunch of his anthology series that he did last year, which is really cool, a sci-fi anthology series he did. But uh, yeah, they did a a book together called Shield, uh, and basically... Uh, it was the idea that S.H.I.E.L.D. has existed like right down, right before like b- in, like BC. So from like, basically, the, the Imhotep. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is, is he Aztec or is he Egyptian? No, he's Egyptian. Egyptian. Imhotep, the uh, Egyptian god. Uh, nope. nope. But yes. Egyptian... Pharaoh. Historical figure. Yes, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently quelled a brood invasion in 2620 BC. Um, and so the idea is that like you know this organization is named after Imhotep's literal shield mm-hmm. and they they shield the earth from uh you know bad shit galactic threats and and, and so people throughout history including Michelangelo including Isaac Newton including um uh Leonardo, Leonardo um da Vinci um have been members of shield and uh the the bulk of this series the kind of main protagonists are um Howard Stark and Nathaniel Richards, the fathers or fathers of Tony Stark and, and Reed Richards, mm-hmm. respectively. Um, and there's all this bonkers space shit that goes on. It's so over the top, fun and silly. Hickman mm. at his most Hickmini. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, before he like did all of the extremely Hickmini uh, image series that he's kind of been better known for, he did this Shield series. And then the, the following year, 2012, they followed it up with what was to be a six-issue miniseries. And after the fourth issue, which ended on a crazy cliffhanger. Um, we didn't get an issue or no explanation of why we didn't get an issue of this until last month, this yep. month, this month, today, last week. Yep. And we got S.H.I.E.L.D. Issue 5 uh, written and illustrated by Jonathan Hickman with Dustin Weaver, um, colours by Sonia Obak and Dustin Weaver, letters by Todd Klein. And this, uh, I thought, would maybe I – mean, we, we got the, the previous four issues of this uh, – Second edition of mm-hmm. this of uh, Shield uh, releases in one form in one kind of comic two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But even like trying to read that, I was like, no, I have to go back and read the the first mini series yeah. too to remember what happened. Did you do that? I did. Oh. I'm very very grateful to yeah. myself for doing I that. Because
0: I read nothing. I just jumped into this and I was like, I have no, like I know I'm not going to understand it, but I was just wanted to look at it.
1: And God, I mean, did you, what did so what, what did you get out of this? Has, were you lost or but but had oh. kind of fun being lost?
0: Yes, absolutely, totally lost. But it's like Leonardo da Vinci, sort of killing people with a rock, yeah. and like that's that's Asimov. Oh, sorry, what? not
1: Asimov. Sorry, uh, Newton. Isaac uh, Newton.
0: Why is he wearing a robe? Uh, anyway,
1: Newton does that too. No, uh, Newton's so, wearing so they're, like they're a basically like the, the shield ended up being like it's it's Isaac Newton versus Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah, with the help of the intergalactic the space is- being Michelangelo and other weird. It's so fun so, and so silly it's so and great. Of the box, um out guys, and. Towards the end of the last issue, um, they had a secret weapon in uh, three brothers who were pulled from, you know, sometime within history. And um, basically, they uh, this, this issue, which is, uh, you know, issue five, follows the trio of brothers and basically every page is split into three kind of sections, and each section follows a different timeline featuring a different brother either dying or mm. leading the way or being more prominent in that section, mm-hmm. and all the differences in that timeline. It's so fucking great and cool, and it's like, you know what? Take six years to write this. Take Absolutely. six years to draw this. Like Weaver's art is so remarkable, and I, I meant to check, but I, I, I can't remember anything else besides this that I've, I've read that he did in the superhero world. Yeah, but me neither. It's such good shit. It's yeah. so good. Um, yeah, It if-
0: really is great. It really is great comics. And like I would I would give Jonathan Hickman as long as he ever needed to do anything and I would still read it.
1: Mm. Like I love all of his creator own stuff, but there is just something so magic about him being given the free reign to do whatever the fuck he wants in the Marvel universe.
0: Yeah. I think what I would like I keep saying that I'm gonna do this, but when I have some time I wanna sit down and I wanna read all of his Marvel stuff from start to finish because it all was interconnected and it was so good. It yeah, was so fun, definitely.
1: Well, and then and then when when this finishes a month from now mm. or, or six years from now, depending yeah. on when they will give us issue six. I assume it's I think it is coming for next month. Um, that'll this, this is a great way to kind of to cap. To, yeah, to, this is almost like a farewell to Marvel.
0: Absolutely, I hope that they'll um collect it all in a trade.
1: Yeah, I have it all digitally, mm. but um, man, yeah, this this was an amazing amazing uh, issue. So cool, and uh, in my opinion, worth the wait. Um, although it is one of like the most ridiculous stories in comics history, for sure. The fact that it actually came out, though, is you know, is it, amazing. It's incredible. I thought
0: it was never going to happen.
1: So that is Shield issue number five. I can't wait to read the final issue, and I hope I actually get to. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, I highly recommend picking this up in you know the full series up in any way you're able to. Yeah, um, for sure. I wonder how many of our listeners actually have read this from the start, like like me. Um, yeah. do you Do you remember reading it when it came out? Yeah yeah yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I remember reading it when it came out and being like. Uh, um, okay. Yes. Yeah. I, I guess this is never ending.
1: Um, hilariously, this tied into Invinci- Invincible Iron Man issue 600 this week. Did you read this?
0: Yeah, I, I did. Because I was like, oh, it looks like it's like...
1: It's Bendis' uh, final final comic.
0: To be honest, I was like... I, saw, I, I thought Bendis had already left and I opened it up and I was like, what in the fuck? Like, someone's just doing their best Bendis. And then I was like, oh, it is Bendis. Bendis doing his best Bendis.
1: So this is the most bendis comic I've read in a while. And yeah. I liked most of it. Um, but there were some moments in this book that made me just be so happy that he's not writing I know. books I just, anymore.
0: I just could have done with like 100% less dialogue.
1: Sure. What, so just a just silent, silent issue. silent. Imagine that, Ben. This is finale. <laughs> no words. That
0: would have been really good. Um, no one would have expected it.
1: So if you've been keeping up with Iron Man continuity over the last uh, era – you've got uh you ha- we had two iron man books and two uh, people wearing iron man suits neither of them were tony stark he went he went in a coma and then missing um after civil war 2 uh mm-hmm. and then we had Riri williams uh, making her own uh, iron man suit um who was and becoming ironheart and then we had uh doctor doom picking up the mantle of iron man in his book in uh, Ir- uh invincible iron man whatever mm-hmm, it was called mm-hmm. um and uh the the last few issues have been dealing with Tony's return. Before the before he went into a coma, he learnt that his parents, Howard Stark and whichever one, other Stark, were not actually his parents. Martha and, Stark. In fact he, in fact he belonged to um a uh his his parents were like one of them was a Hydra agent, the other one was like a Joan Jet esque rock star figure mm. and come Shield double agent. Mm. Um and when when she fell pregnant and found out that found out that her husband to be was a um a, a Hydra agent She killed him
0: Oh no But he's
1: not actually dead He's back oh, as well Oh no that's worse So they're balancing A ton of things too Plus Tony Stark decides That not only will Is he still alive But he also is going To bring back um, War Machine James Rody. Um So they're balancing So many things And in the midst of it For some reason Leonardo da Vinci Is there just kind of like
0: Come to my superhero school Riri kind so of vibe
1: there are moments in this i actually like you know for as weird and dumb as a decision to com- complicate tony's parenting situation i yeah. like that he kind of came from that it kind of explains his character i feel like adding that extra dimension to it is just so stupid but whatever i thought the, yeah. the the moments between him and his parents were actually quite nice i really loved the moments between doom and and tony in this
0: yeah they were good
1: and and the moments of him you know like it doesn't really work like apparently uh War Machine, because he had Stark tech in him, he couldn't actually die. Even though Thanos punched a hole through him in Thiv- Civil War Two, so mm-hmm. War Machine is back. Everybody, and they're both bald.
0: It just but- makes me like, just I, I'm so I I'm so exhausted by the character of Tony Stark, just doing whatever the fuck he wants with no like.
1: Yeah, being in a coma for a year. Being in a coma
0: it. for a year and then just fucking around with life and death and bringing back his best the friend. The whole thing he's is Like, they just
1: want to. The whole thing is just an analogy for Bendis at Marvel. I
0: know.
1: Like, he leaves. His I long life. La- the final thing he does is. Uh, um, it's not actually an analogy, I was joking. But the final thing that Bendis does is, is Who's that. Who's
0: this girl at the end? We'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that.
1: But exactly. the, I love that the final thing that that Bendis does is he's made Tony Stark and and War Machine bald, just yeah. like Bendis.
0: And he's fucked up Doom's face again. I guess. Oh yeah,
1: Doom's face is fucked up again. But he now he's
0: bad again because well, only hot people are good.
1: <laughs> um, Fucking hate comics.
0: But I like that Blade no, is it. teaching at the school that um, that
1: Leonardo owns. Yeah, give me the Leonardo and Blade team up comic.
0: That's all I want.
1: So my main problem with this issue was that it leaves so many bizarre open threads that it didn't need yeah. to. And the most ridiculous of those is this weird kind of uh, epilogue which introduces um, this thing that he's been hinting at throughout his run of Tony Stark becoming the Sorcerer Supreme. <clears throat> and at the epilogue is some random girl who we've never seen before come what? to the Sanctum Satorum. I'm sure and I've seen her in something. She kind of looks like Echo. That's what you're thinking of. Who's Echo? Echo from the Daredevil run. Um, no. She's the she's deaf, and
0: nah, no, wasn't there some character in a like in an X Men comic that maybe Bendis was writing or something? Oh uh, yeah, but she can like go into different dimensions or something.
1: Magic? No, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it could be her. Someone out there, or in any what case, Kurt Wagner about. Nightcrawler is. Uh,
0: and he's she's Australian. It's the fucking Australian chick from. He goes, oh you're right yeah, I'm sure I'd remember that tacky haircut Aussie as if that's a thing Nightcrawler would say in any future
1: so right so this is like his little farewell to the X-Men as well with, with uh, Nightcrawler yeah I remember I Actually, actually looked up Australian heroes on in Marvel the other day and she was one of them I can't remember what her name is though anyway long lasting impact everybody there you go. but
0: farewell Bendis farewell Bendis um, Be- Bendis has come
1: Bendis has come Bend- <laughs> but uh, it would have been amazing if Marvel advertised Bendis is going
0: yeah <laughs> All new writers on all your favorite comics.
1: <laughs> Young people, except Mark <laughs> Wade. <laughs> um, but the art on this—I mean, if you're going go yeah. uh, to uh, go out with a big boner, extra-sized big boner, you're going to go out with a big boner. You may <laughs> as well do it with uh, an incredible lineup of artists, which includes Stefano Caselli, Alex Maleev, David Marquez, Daniel Acuna, uh, Lionel Francis Yu, Jerry. Angluian nailed it. Um, Jim Chung, Mike Diodata Jr., Mark Bagley, Andrew Hennessy, Scott Hanna, Andrea Sorrentino, Marte Gracia, Alex Maleev, Daniel Kuna. This is the colors now. Guru FX, Romulo Fiato, Marcelo Mayolo, and Rochelle Rosenberg. Pretty anno- an amazing lineup, and a lot of them have been longtime collaborators with Bendis. So it was a good little you know farewell to to this little corner of the world. Yeah, and I uh, look forward to the new corner.
0: I mean, look forward is a strong word.
1: Is oh, in yes. look, look forward to the corner that doesn't have benders in it. Anymore.
0: Oh yeah, true. Who's taking over Iron Man? Isn't it Nick Spencer? Dan Slott. Oh Dan Slott, that's right. I think that'll be good. Yeah.
1: I think Dan Slott's like gem. Like I, I grew bored of his Spider Man stuff.
0: Yeah, it's time for him to.
1: Which he has. Spencer's taking over Spider Man. Mm. Um, but I loved his Silver Surfer run. So hopefully it's more like that. Mm. That'd be great. Absolutely. Uh, So, yeah, goodbye, Bendis. Bye-bye. Enjoy your time at DC. Uh, I I look forward to the long break I have uh, before having to read one of your new books. Oh, wait, Man of Steel comes out this week. (laughs) But Siobhan's not doing the episode next week. Yeah,
0: but I'll still read it because I'm an idiot.
1: Oh, cool. Great. Siobhan's an idiot, everybody. I'm an idiot. Send us some money on Patreon. (laughs) Um, We had another farewell this week, um, but not as sad or maybe not as happy. Uh, Doctor Strange, issue number 390, was the final issue written by Donny Cates, who's written... I, I I swear it's like less than maybe if you count Damnation it's probably like twelve issues all up. Yeah. Um, but it feels like a much longer time. Um, and he uh, did
0: some iconic things. I feel. I hope Bats stays around. Yeah. So what I
1: mean? one of the be- he he kind of brought the magic back to Doctor Strange. Not absolutely it's because Jason Aaron kind of like killed removed, it all. He, re- he killed the magic, everybody. But he's brought there's magic back in Doctor Strange's life now. Mm-hmm. Um, he can use magic again, and he also gave him a ghost dog. Yeah. Which is great.
0: The best possible kind of dog. So oh, this. That's uh, not true.
1: What's the on mo- mo- what, An alive dog?
0: I mean, yeah, I guess. Okay, good
1: So, a ghost dog is the runner-up. It's the, the second, second <laughs> best dog after an alive one. Great. <laughs> <laughs> what's the third best? Um, Z- zombie dog?
0: Schrodinger's dog. Alive okay, okay, and dead. A box. At the same time in so a box. In with, a box with
1: the word dog on it. Yes, please. Uh, so, again, written by Donny Cates with uh, art for the most part by Fraser Irving, doing fucking incredible work so on this good. Uh, um And then uh, we had... Um, Recap art by Rod Reyes, uh, Gabriel Hernandez, Walter, and Jordi Belair. Cover by Mike Del Mundo doing... I guess this is the farewell to him, too, because he's been doing covers for mm-hmm. um, the last few issues as well, and they've all been amazing. And this one, in particular, was just brilliant. Like, the featuring um, strange bats and Zelda. Yeah. Zelma. Um, yeah, Zelma. H- hiding from uh, Spider-Man. So great.
0: I love it. And the um, little interlude, double-page spread, uh, drawn by Chip Zdarsky.
1: Fuck, that was... Just so funny. Probably the best thing I read all week. Yeah, really funny. Um, So this whole, it, the whole thing is like, you could read this as a one shot. If you haven't read any of the Doctor Strange stuff, it's almost like a kind of housekeeping issue in mm-hmm. which the final, like, you know, the, he has to clean the slate for Doctor Strange. So mm-hmm. so all of Jason Aaron's stuff and and, uh, and Dottie Cates' own stuff kind of gets cleaned up and now Mark Wade can take over because he's sending Strange into space as well.
0: Mark Wade is sending? Yeah. Hmm.
1: Next, The Universe the universe Awaits, Dr. Strange by Mark Waid and Jesus Sayers.
0: Well, I like Jesus Sayers.
1: Yeah. What about that alien, weird alien girl? Like Avatar meets Star Wars.
0: Yeah, that's good.
1: Finally. Finally. Um So, yeah, it, it's like a kind of cleanup issue, but it's a really good one. It's a, it, it works as a one-shot. Um, basically, uh, it's just Strange trying to, like, piece his life together, but first we see Zelma, um, who has been kind of, like, First was like his ward, kind of, in yeah. Jason Aaron's run, and then Donny Cates threatened that they were that they were going to have a relationship, and thank God they didn't.
0: But it kind of feels like they might at some point.
1: Yeah, but I'm I i, I do not need that. No, um, you don't. I don't need. Don't you want... every old man to date someone young? In, <laughs> in
0: but don't we want Doctor Strange to get laid at some point?
1: He has that weird Devil Girl that what the girl like the the, the the daughter of the devil.
0: Clear, no. Um, is that.
1: No, I don't It know. sounds like Santana. Santana. Oh,
0: that's not his golf. Recording no. artist, Grammy
1: Award winner. <laughs> Carlos San- Santana. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, I really loved this. I, I loved it. It had great character moments between um, between Zelma and Bats and, and Strange, but then you also have the wild card in, in Spider-Man, who's just kind of hanging out in the Sanctum mm-hmm. Satorum because he needed to pee. Yeah. And he knows that there's no security over, uh, protection, protecting it at the moment. Um, and then you have this great moment where Spider-Man <laughs> – realizes that that Strange has a ghost dog and he's really excited because he's a ghost dog and then the ghost dog is really excited because he he loves (laughs) Spider-Man. And like it was just done so joyously and fun. And then the only reason that Spider-Man has even come to visit Doctor Strange is that he heard that he could cast a spell that allowed... Spider-Man to like talk to a spider. So there's a double-page spread in the middle of this comic called "Peter Talks to a Spider," but also- by Donny Cates with art, but by Chip Zdarsky And it's this like it starts up like really like sweet and happy, and then because it it's really like morbid yeah. <laughs> of Spider-Man really talking to a spider, and it's fucking. I, I was it's so stitches. It's so funny. yeah, it was great. But
0: also, like the panel just before that where <laughs> um Doctor Strange goes, "Sai, do you want to talk to a spider, Peter?" And Peter's face is like.
1: Yeah, this silent ah, gasping, yes so do. excited. It was so great.
0: Anyway, that was great. I loved it. Good, yeah. good, good.
1: So, like, yeah, Donny Cates wrote a great Strange. Also, like, when Spencer fucks up Spider-Man, put Cates on.
0: Yeah. Yes, please. Like, he's
1: already doing Venom stuff.
0: And he's great at it.
1: So, yeah.
0: I love the way Fraser Irving draws Zelma as well. That's yes. my favourite Zelma. My favourite Zelma? Yeah. like her floating head. It's good.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Um, I love this. This is probably one of my favorite comics of the week. Yeah, that was a good issue. Um, go back and read Aaron's run, and don't forget to read Kate's run too. And also in the middle there we had Dennis Hopeless. Oh yeah, bit a good little good, totally. good burst of uh, strange it, comics.
0: Was Hopeless the one who actually introduced bats?
1: No, that was, um, was that, Kate? that was Kate's. Okay. Um, Moon Knight issue one hundred and ninety five, written by Max Bemis, featured art by uh, Paul Davidson, who's someone I'm not familiar with, but he has a very Independent comics feel, not yeah, a not, very not different a, vibe. Not a big two style comic uh, art at all, which was mm-hmm. awesome. I thought, mm-hmm. um, and uh, colors by Matt Lopez, um, and so yeah. Not only do we have like a big jump in terms of like style of art in this issue, but also the style of story that we're telling is uh, is completely different to the um, the kind of Holocaust story that we got last yeah last 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 month. Um, but it's told like it's still very obviously Max Bemis, mm-hmm. who is a you know a writer that I've not read much of, but his personality shines through his comics. And yeah, and he has a,
0: a great voice um, and like sort of concept for Moon Knight. I like that he's kind of taking on some big themes.
1: Um, and so this is a new threat for moon knight who uh, who at the start of this issue swears that he's you know leaving all the weird shit to the x-men and he's mm-hmm. just going to go back to being a street level guy uh but unfortunately um a um an art collective have different ideas and they decide to uh basically they want to become they want to be able to feel what each other feels and an experiment goes wrong and they all merge bodies into this disgusting Fleshy blob, fleshy, yeah, where you can see all the collective, and so, but they can also like take on like other people, yeah. So they 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 suck in other people, and at the end of this issue, they suck in Moon Knight, Um, and uh, of course, as you know, Moon Knight has the multiple voices within his head uh, that converse with him, um, and uh, this sees all of them now in. As, as, like, in the collective's world. Mm -hmm. And this is just a weird, crazy comic that you would be, you know, expect from Dark Horse or Image, except it has Moon Knight in it and it comes out from Marvel. And I think I I just love that this is, like, essentially an indie book. It's almost like this is a young animal book. Yeah,
0: for sure. Absolutely. It has Moon Knight in it. Absolutely.
1: Um, Yeah, I loved it.
0: And the colors by Matt Lopez are very, very good. I enjoy them a lot. It makes it look slightly. Like, again, slightly independent, slightly old fashioned. Mm -hmm. Everything's like a little bit muted. Um, It's just so gorgeous.
1: Yeah. Real cool stuff. Um, I highly recommend this Moon Knight Run. Yeah. Issue 195 was a good one. I have a Star Wars book. Oh, yeah. But have you got any other books in regular Marvel continuity first? Cool. Tell me about Star Wars. Star Wars Annual Number Four, which doesn't make much sense because I think it's only been three years since they started putting out Star Wars comics at Marvel. Um, but maybe there's another reason they put out an annual. Th- oh, that's right, because there's a new Star Wars movie out in cinemas right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Is it good? It's called Solo. Um, I thought it was boring, but other people really liked it. So okay. whatever. Cool. If you if you disagree with me a lot of the time, maybe you'll love it. Mm. Um, Star Wars Why annual. Are you listening to this? <laughs> no, but I I love listening to people that whose opinions I don't agree with. No, I don't. Like as long as they like sound and like as long as they're not just like this sucked. Fuck you.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Which uh, is actually my. I'm, I'm going to try and re- review a comic like that in this epi- in this very episode. Yes, please. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I think it's fun listening to people that have different opinions. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, if, if we you should disagree, all do that, no, you can disagree with me, and I'll enjoy <laughs> listening to you. Um, anyway, Star Wars Annual Number no. Four um, features an incredible cover by our boy Tradmore. Yeah,
0: I nearly picked that up because I was like, oh, but I knew the interiors would make me sad.
1: Um, but the interiors are done by um, three artists, Ario Anandito, um Roland Boshi, and Mark Laming, which mm-hmm. is super exciting to see Laming on a Star Wars book. Uh, <laughs> written by Cullen Bunn. Okay. Which I was like, oh, how's this going to go? Uh, colors by Jordan Boyd and Andre Mosser. Uh, and this is like a really, really fun and silly Star Wars story um, about... Two cursed lightsabers that make the um, owner of them evil, but they are they come as part of a pair, and so uh, this opens with um, Han Solo's ex-girl Sana um, trying to uh, sell one to uh, to a buyer, and then another one gets brought to Darth Vader, and both of both the buyer and Darth Vader are furious because they were part of a set. Where's the other one? Um, and. Yeah, one of them ends up falling into, into Luke Skywalker's hands. Luke Skywalker tries to escape with it by doing pod racing. Great. It's real silly and all over the place. The artwork in it, like any any three of these artists should be a regular Star Wars mm. comic book artists. I much prefer it to the photo reference re, photo reference-y stuff that we're seeing in the ongoing Star Wars book. Um, and I would probably re- still be reading if if, 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 the, if the cartooning was as good as it is in this annual. Um, so, yeah, look, look not, not a remarkable story, but a really fun one. Yeah, Star cool. Wars annual number four.
0: So, you want out of the Star Wars comic, great. Right?
1: I enjoyed this more than I enjoyed Solo. How about that, everybody? Nice. There wasn't enough pod racing in Solo. <laughs> uh, so, now we move over to Image. And uh, Image, I think I read the most Image books this week, maybe.
0: I read so many DC <sighs> books, I've just noticed. Good Lord.
1: Looking forward to that section. Oh yeah, um, Skyward issue number two. Now, do you remember talking about Skyward issue I did. number one? This is the one in which Earth suddenly doesn't have any gravity, and most people float into space and die. Um, but one uh, one man predicted that this would happen, and uh, the protagonist of this book is her is his daughter, mm-hmm. who uh, is like a delivery se- delivery gal mm-hmm. um, who uses a gun to get around uh, the the gravity free Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this one, we learn that like the 1% of the world bought anti-grav boots mm-hmm. and party in nightclubs, um, on the, on the, on the ground floor and are terrified of the world outside.
0: There some pretty funny, like world building details in this, like no women, whim- like all women have to wear pants. And there's like a lady who's like, mm, yes, I've weighed down the bottom of my dress. It's, it's going to be all the fashion. she got a magnetic hem.
1: Yeah. That's <laughs> pretty a, funny. That, that women, wear, women wear pants because uh, in a no gravity world, dresses would just show your undies. No one wants um, that. So this is written by uh, Joe Henderson with art by Leah Garbett, colours by Antonio Fabella. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think this issue was was strong. Yeah, um,
0: this was much more interesting than the first issue. It's a really silly concept, but he's, like, all in and it's fun.
1: Yeah, and we're, we're getting great character moments and there's, like, little attention to detail things, like, you know, the character's hair is always in the air because mm-hmm. there's no gravity, which I, I think is really cute. The artwork's really, really good. Um and I like the main character. She's fine. Yeah, totally. Um, it looks like, you know, there's there's going to be some some evil evil doing afoot coming mm-hmm. soon. So, uh, yeah, definitely pick this one up. Highly recommend Skywood. Yeah, Three absolutely. Image. Good Super fun. Super fun. I've got the third issue of Barrier this week, which is... Uh, fourth issue. Four, fucking hell. Fourth issue of Barrier. Is there, that means there's one more, isn't there? Yep. Uh, Barrier by Marcos Martin, Brian K. Vaughan, and Munza Vincente. Um, and uh, this is the kind of... Half immigration um, comic, half space abduction comic.
0: It's about aliens. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's
2: plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
1: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized
0: plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me.
1: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
0: Guys, and both kinds. You know book, what you were thinking. This book
1: was almost dialogue-free. Um, as we learn more and more about our two protagonists who are both uh, stuck in space and unable to speak each other's language. Um, actually, there was, there was a lot of dialogue in this, but there were parts of it that had, didn't have much. Um, in this very, very grotesque alien ship, which is like a living thing that they've been abducted to, unaware if they're ever going to be returned to Earth or if they're even going to survive, but relying on each other um, and the limited amount of communication they can do uh, to survive
0: so, so good. I can't, like, everyone should be reading this, right? It's brilliant. It's It's so gorgeous. It's as good as comics get. Yeah. Marcus Martin is, like, such a terrifying talent and the colours are so beautiful and the story is so compelling and the back matter is great and everything about it is great.
1: Yeah. So, one more issue of this left. Um, I guess we'll go into greater detail when the final issue comes out next week. But, um, man, I hope everybody's reading this because it's so good. Yeah.
0: And someone was telling me um, we had Queens and Kings last night. It was a great time. Um, and one of the girls was saying that they're not going to print a trade of this. Oh, fuck. It's just going to be... Um, they're just doing the singles and having it digitally. So this is one that you should be getting in single, especially like the sketchbook in the back where he sort of... Um, Martin shows all of the like uh, kind of weird plants that he based the sort of mm. um, icky, fleshy ship on. It's really cool and really interesting to see. Good to see his like... um Sort of influences. I bet we get a trade process. eventually. Maybe, probably, but I'm picking up the singles anyway, just in case.
1: Crafty. <coughs> um, we got the final issue of the Further Adventures of Nick Wilson this oh, week.
0: Wow, I didn't read that.
1: Damn, Damn it, I I was, it! I was really looking forward to you ranting about the uh, the back matter. Was this. it bad?
0: It was Tell me about it.
1: Long and ridiculous. Like, I, 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 I'm.
0: D- d- guys, did you know writing comics is really hard? But I'm really good at it, and no one's ever thought about doing it before. I'm a um, screenwriter.
1: That is uh, the voice of Eddie Gorodetsky, Gorodetsky, which who is one of the writers of the Further Adventures of Nick Wilson, alongside Mark and Draco, Stephen Sadowski on art, colors by Hi-Fi. Um, this is a book about a has-been superhero who, uh, you know, ten years after he loses his power, is in a in a career slump, and uh, his enemy, anim- his pre, you know, once once was enemy, is now um, opening a museum dedicated to Nick Wilson, uh, and it's
0: colored like it's the '90s.
1: Yeah. It's um it was a kind of fun finale to this issue. I don't think I need to read any more of this.
0: Are they going to do another
2: series?
1: I I they 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 hint to as much. Um there were there were clever moments in it like the if essentially it is like a 90s era um like a high fidelity yeah. or, or even Smithy. a Kevin Smith kind of uh, slice of life relationship book that has a, a, like, you know, a once was superhero mm. um, aspect to it, even though you don't see any superhero bullshit yeah. in it at all. What's um, the point? Yeah. It felt very much like a remnant of the nineties, especially when it comes to like, um, uh, you know, wearing your, your music influences on your sleeve and Man using, Pixie Dream using every opportunity to show that. Yeah. But like, the manic pixie dreamwheel in this instance is obsessed with like old blues and jazz. The person doesn't exist.
0: She's got like wacky coloured hair and And so uh
1: his rant, the the writer's rant at the end um is all about how much he likes Tom Waits and that he knows Elvis Costello. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. is impressive. Real 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 odd. Yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, this is a this is a, a strange book. Just getting to know this guy Eddie Gorodetsky, who I've never heard of before reading this book, but yeah. he clearly thinks we've all heard of him.
0: Yeah, is he? He's a screenwriter, right?
1: Yeah, I've never actually looked up what he what he's done, it's and I don't. Hilarious.
0: I don't care. He's, he's probably <laughs> written things that I love, and I don't care. But it's like, just like, I don't need. I don't need um another white dude trying to unpack superheroes and like oh, I used to be a famous boring man and now I'm not a famous boring man and that's really tough for me
1: Um, but you know one of the things I like the most in it is uh, him rekindling his friendship with his, an ex-girlfriend that he had yeah. in, in, in high school that was and nice that didn't get a good payoff I don't think no but um yeah, you didn't even read it. Nah, I'm okay, just assuming, assuming. it did yeah, good, good assumption.
0: Was she in the end? She was like, "Oh, but I really wanted to fuck you the whole time." No, it wasn't
1: like that at all. Actually, it was. It was. It was good. It just. It wasn't that satisfying. Mm. He still. He makes out with the, a, a younger girl.
0: That's uh, the better thing.
1: Yeah, it's true. I guess I don't know. Fuck, whatever. It's just over. Makes me want to go to sleep. The beef issue number four. Ah. Yes. One of, God, I love the beef. One of the coolest surprises of, of in comics this year, I think. Uh, written by Star Kings and Shane Line, with art by Shaky Kane and colors by Ross Hell. Um, the beef is a story about a man. Oh, sorry. Shaky Kane does all colors. Um, Ross Hell is the designer of this mm-hmm. book. And there's a lot of very cool design ideas actually yeah, throughout it. It's
0: a very designy book. <laughs>
1: um, so uh, a man who works in an abattoir, um, which then sells its cows directly to a burger shop next door um, which our main character has eaten hundreds and hundreds of burgers there Mm -hmm. um, so much so that he becomes more more cow than man and has uh, superheroes related to a cow but this comic and this issue in particular is very much about unearthing and letting you know all these kind of like Secrets of the of the of the of the beef industry. Yeah.
0: yeah, and the dairy industry as well. Like every issue of this has had some element, like a slightly PSA element. And I kind of like that they have a real point that they're trying to make, and they're doing it in like a hilarious way with a disgusting fleshy beef monster um, as a hero. But it's also about like it's about immigration. It's about what we see as being American. It's about guns. Guns, but mostly it's about how fucked up the dairy and beef industry are. And I've like, I felt genuinely affected by this. I feel yeah. like I'm like, I don't need dairy anyway,
1: but I'm. Well, I, I, I drink almond milk now. And I yeah. feel, I, I, as I was reading this, I was like, man, I'm doing the right thing.
0: feel really smug. Yeah. What about all those almond babies?
1: Um, yeah. If someone makes an almond, an almond. Yeah. Monster, make, <laughs> <feel> real, really <laughs> the almond. Me. I worry about how many almonds it takes to make a liter of almond milk. Yeah. And how much, how many trees need to be grown. What do you think?
0: Look, I well, make my own hemp milk. Oh, really? And I make my own uh, oat milk.
1: What's better?
0: Um, hemp, hemp milk is pretty gross. <laughs> 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 but it's full of protein, guys. Yeah, I, 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 have all, I've ha, I have
1: hemp smoothies all the time. Yeah. But I use almond milk instead of homemade hemp milk.
0: All those almond babies crying <laughs> out for their mums. Anyway, this was great. Is this the final <laughs> issue if have we got one more issue? One more, one more to go, I think. Um, everyone should be reading this. It is like good fun as well as good messaging
1: Great art, great um,
0: art, and the moments
1: of silliness alongside moments of like genuinely good information.
0: Mm-hmm. And then the final page is like the funniest sort of weird team up ever, where Gandhi grows out of milk. <laughs> like there's a gallon, <laughs> of, the like a huge uh, milk truck. Spills over and Gandhi grows out of it to save the cows.
1: The first six pages of this issue are narrated by a cow, yeah, who tells you all of the secrets of the of the of the beef and milk industry, um, and uh, it's revealed that Gandhi loves cows and cows love Gandhi. And then at the end, we see Gandhi. This is great. It's really good. Comic what a guys. Great, 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 comic. The Everybody beef. Pick it up. Check it out. It's really, really cool. Even if you're like, I don't like beef, well, you'll Re- you'll like it even less after reading this comic. I tell yeah, you that much. Absolutely. Uh, Deadly Class issue number thirty-four. Have you tapped out of this series? No, no, no. no? Oh, I picked thank it God.
0: up. Good issue. Oh, what is I that mean, cover you've got? Have I got um, the A or
1: have you got the B? Yeah, I got, the, B, the, yeah, B I got the A
0: cover. Beautiful Wes Craig. I mean, beautiful in like the most horrifying sense of the word.
1: I'm trying to work out who did this one. It's pretty good.
0: That is nice. I it's like that.
1: Metal party. Uh, Deadly Class issue 34. Written by Rick Remender with art by Wes Craig. And colors by Jordan Boyd. Our three image comics this week. Um, this is... you know, It's like
0: classic deadly class end of arc depressing issue
1: yeah but it's so frantic and action packed this time that I feel like every time he does this where you know he builds you into this false sense of uh, security where you you're like oh my god they're just friends now and everything's gonna be fine for these kids now then suddenly it just gets worse and, worse and worse and worse and worse, and to a point where like you know we we have everyone pointing a gun or a knife at, at another at another character mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. at the end of each issue. But he's just got it's just gotten better and better. It doesn't feel like you're reading the same thing over and over again. He no. fine tunes it and his character moments, and the, even though the situations that our characters are in. Aren't that different? The characters themselves have grown a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, I think this this issue. I mean, look, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm celebrating the the writing in 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 in, in that last paragraph of, mm-hmm. of thing I just ta- talked. Parag- good paragraph of thing I just talked. Woo. Should I name the episode that? It's yes, please. Um,
0: but man, where's Craig is like I, I don't understand why he's not doing more. Like, I'm glad that he's focused on Deadly Class. But man, well, he, he has, is
1: he has his own book that Gravedigger's Reunion.
0: Oh yeah, that's also good. But I would yeah. like him to do more art. Me too. Because he's very, 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 very good. And I love the um like Maria, who in the first arc I did not care about at all and I thought was like pretty dull and annoying, has come in, like become this amazing fun character. I'm really into. Yeah. She has a she has a fan made of knives, everyone.
1: Siobhan, if you like Where's Craig and wish you could see some more art or even hear someone talk about some more art that is. That's he's done, what I
0: would like most of all.
1: Uh, where he's gonna uh, his comic Black Hand Comics is uh, one of the things we'll be reviewing in this week's Patreon episode. Excellent. Patreon.com slash serious news podcast, everybody. Two bucks a month.
0: Two bucks.
1: Uh, final image book for me this week is Manifest Destiny, written by Chris Dingus. Um ah. Matthew Roberts, Tony Akins, and Owen Gianni, the creative team on this one, um, through Skybound and Image. Uh, this is a book about, oh boy, Lewis and Clark.
0: Nice. I did it.
1: Uh, Lewis and Clark, who uh, who traveled from one side of America to the other um, in, in, in actual history, but this book adds monsters into the mix and weird uh, superstitious goings-on to their, to their journeys and a massive body count. Um, and if you were on their crew, traveling from one side to the other, surely you would stage a mutiny at some point, right? At some
0: point, right. And
1: that's exactly what's happening in this current arc. Oh, thank goodness. Um, and uh, the, 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 in fact, Lewis and Clark aren't even in this issue. Oh, cool. This is just all focusing on the, those who have uh, mutined. Mut- Mutinied. Mutinied. Mm. That's definitely the word uh, against uh, against Lewis and Clark. Uh, it's really, really interesting. I, I just want my monsters to come back, the police. There was so many cool, weird, gross monsters in the first, like, 20 issues, and we haven't seen a big, gross monster in a long time.
0: I can't believe how long this has been going.
1: It's really good. It's got legs. Like, even though I'm, like, whinging about no monsters, it's still a good series. Yeah, cool. So, those are our image reviews for the week. Now, we move over to DC. Um, And, uh, oh boy, there's a saying.
0: Oh, yeah. It's not a saying
1: at all. It's not even a poignant sentence, uh, but sometimes, Siobhan, when... You <laughs> said poignant. Poignant, sorry. That's right. <laughs> Did I say that right yet? Poignant? 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 Yeah,
2: that's
0: hey. good. I didn't mean to. I'm so sorry. I did mean to laugh so meanly. No, that's
1: fine. I mean, I'm about to insult a comic. So. Yeah, cool. Go for it. Yeah. Um, terrifics, issue number four, um was a book that came out through DC's New Age of Heroes line written by Jeff Lemire who I'm a big fan of uh, featuring a bunch of DC characters that I'm a big fan of too Plastic Man, Metamorpho Mr. Terrific um, and it was like a riff on the Fantastic Four Mm -hmm. Uh, had art in the first three issues by Ivan Reyes Mm -hmm. who is a kind of like classic uh, DC uh, house style artist Mm -hmm. Um, I like him on a Green Lantern book sure for sure Um, but uh, I did not enjoy this book much at all I couldn't work out what I didn't like about it issue number four of uh, the Terrifics has a new artist in uh, that of Doc Shainer Mm. who is uh, someone that I've I've loved for a long, long time because his style reminds me a lot of Darwin Cook Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and Chris Sumney Mm -hmm. in a way Um, but, you know, all we've got from him through DC recently has been like the Future Quest which was neither here nor there when it came Mm -hmm. to storytelling Um, so having him on this book after I think he did all the character designs as well for Reyes to do, I was excited. I'm like, shit, is this going to change the you know how I my, my thoughts towards this book? Yes, it did. Yes, it did. This has gone from a book that I was felt like I was forcing myself to read just because it had Lemire's name on it. This issue was just a joy to read. Real good. Really, really good. I don't know if it was just. The art was the only thing holding me back from enjoying it. But, like, I feel like the characters are a lot more fun in this issue and work better together mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in this issue. But, I mean, all I want to talk about really is just how good of an artist Doc Shana is. He yeah. was, like, built to draw Plastic Man.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And, and Metamorpho. Like, so good at the, just, like, these... Yeah, he's so good at drawing weird characters, but also making them look human.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And as well as, like, he draws a great Mr. Terrific, and the action sequences are really solid, and that's not something I necessarily expect from Doc Shainer. I expect it to, like, look gorgeous. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's just brilliant. And I love his um, version of, are we calling her Phantom Girl? Yeah. <laughs> um, she looks, she looks like a teenager. She looks like a young girl. I like that.
1: Yeah, she's cool. She's cool as heck.
0: Really cool. Really great issue. I loved it.
1: Um, I, the, the dynamic between all the characters makes sense now, yeah, I kind of understand what the book is trying to do now, yeah, <coughs> in this one, um they all went back to phantom Girl's planet um of course, the four characters aren't allowed to be separated mm-hmm. or else they'll like explode explode, um which is a, a conundrum yeah, um but uh yeah I, I just loved everything about this, especially the art
0: absolutely and the colors by Nathan Fairborn are like perfect.
1: Yeah, definitely. That was two was such a great match. Absolutely. It just makes you go, like, why did you put Ivan Reyes on it?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, who knows? I feel like I have some problems with like, DC just pushing things out too quickly and just not like, not considering the fact that art makes a difference.
1: Yeah, guys. totally. Well, and I mean, changing both, artists all the time. Both DC and Marvel have said dumb things in regards to artists over yeah. the last couple of years, but sure. yeah, this is the... the having like, the, the artist be like the, 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 the focal point but then only planning to have these artists that you sell mm. people in the book on for three. I mean, Jim generally did one issue of his one, one issue. What's the point? What's the point guys? <coughs> anyway, we have Shane on terrifics now. It's, it's a really good book now. Yeah. Um, and I hope Shane sticks around for a long, long time. Me too. we got another new age of heroes book this week. Um, and that is the silencer number five. He's reading this.
0: Yeah. I like this.
1: <laughs> Dude. I love this. The most
0: like surprisingly great comic. Um, I really like the art by Victor Bogdanovich. Another person who didn't, wasn't yeah. like the big name that was supposed to be um doing this, this whole is, yeah, this arc. Is, this is
1: meant to be john romita jr's book he did four three issues
0: i like bogdanovich better though yeah it's like a sexy greg capullo vibe
1: and at least but at least john romita jr is still doing the covers so it doesn't feel like too much of a drastic you know like departure yeah. um this is written by dan abnett this is my favorite dan abnett book at the moment
0: absolutely um, without question
1: and uh yeah, basically, the silencer is what used to work for, um, as a uh, assassin uh, alongside Talia Al Ghul and Deathstroke. This features Deathstroke. Leviathan. Leviathan, yeah, and this features Deathstroke uh, coming down to kind of give her a warning that that uh, you know Talia is not to be trusted and mm-hmm. she can't ever actually leave Leviathan, mm-hmm. um, and, and she just
0: wants to be a normal mum.
1: Exactly, it's something we all want.
0: It's the best power.
1: Um, but it's great, and like I, I really liked his take on Deathstroke. It didn't feel too dissimilar from mm-hmm. Priest's take, but it also didn't. Pre, sorry, Priest's uh, Deathstroke, but it also didn't like feel like he was aping Priest's dialogue either.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, mm-hmm. And the the kind of the threats in this feel really, really real. And absolutely, you have like yeah, this this issue finishes with Talia and 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 Silencer uh, about to get gunned down by assassins in a diner, and Silencer's kid is there too, playing with. Um, oh, that's amazing!
0: Yeah, it's the Superman of China, <coughs> so he, and the Chubby Batman. Before
1: of China. He, before he moved to this book, uh, Bogdanovich was the artist on New Superman, mm. and uh, he's yeah, he, Silencer's son is playing with a New Superman and Batman of China. I think he actually suits figures. this
0: book better than the
1: um, yeah, this Justice League of China definitely works. Um, this is awesome! Yeah, so much fun, good. so much fun. So yeah, I mean, I didn't love all the New Age of Heroes books so far, but I, no. I, I really like Silencer and, uh, and and Terrifics now. Absolutely. Um, but before we had the new age of superheroes, Siobhan DC gave us I can't remember what the, what the tagline was But we, we, we're going yeah, go, to talk about their other thing one that they did? We're going to talk about some other DC books um, And these are books that have creative teams Leaving them um, We've got the final issue of Detective Comics Written by James the IV hmm. Who has been uh, writing this for Well since Rebirth happened really um, So I think it's like almost 50 issues mm-hmm. If not 50 exactly
0: It's pretty impressive, it's a great run And
1: considering it was fortnightly um, it's pretty, yeah. It's, it's it's absolutely impressive that there's many issues in that short of a time, um, and it was all the one story too. Yeah. Um, a, a big team of 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 Bat Fam, including uh, Tim Drake and Batwoman, um, Azrael, Batwing, Cassandra Kane, spoiler, S- Stephanie Brown, mm-hmm. Clayface. Mm-hmm. Um, and this issue uh, 981, which featured um. Uh, Art by Eddie Barrows with inks by Iba Ferreira and colors by Adriano Lucas. Um, Kind of had him kind of bidding farewell to every character that was featured in this series, which is no mean feat. And some of them aren't as satisfying ends as the others. Um, No, I
0: mean, we, we don't really see Batwing or Asriel
1: no, at all. We just kind get like a sentence about what they're going to do next.
0: But I think he did a really good job at tying up all of the loose ends. And I really like what he did with. Um, I'm really hoping that like Spoiler and Cassandra Kane get something out of this um, some kind of book. I like what he did with the Batwoman. I like. Um, what's George doing behind me? You, George just
1: put on gloves and then held oh. them <laughs> near <in> your head.
0: <laughs> so weird. He's
1: going to dye your hair color.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> um,. And the stuff that he did with Tim Drake, especially, was exceptional.
1: So I thought this had absolute high points throughout the entire run. At one point, it was my favourite DC book, but I definitely think towards the end, it got really boring.
0: The last arc was no fun.
1: So a lot of things, a lot of the resolutions in this, I was like, oh, okay, I'm glad I stuck it out to the end. But I think... And, you know, we always kind of go on and on about how good it is to have the one creator work on a book for a long time. But this book made me realise, like, maybe I don't always want that.
0: (laughs) I think that, like... My my ideal is like twelve issue arcs. <laughs> Give everyone a solid twelve issue arc, same writer, same artist, and just stick to that. Yeah, that's that is, what I
1: want. I like that. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty much what I was going to say. I kind of I think there is something to. Like, I know collectors fucking hate it, mm. but there is something to the way Marvel does things, where, you know, and then and not, some of the relaunches aren't always good, but it is kind of yeah. a good. It's it's it is good to get a change up sometimes. For this, sure. Even though this had so many characters in it. I think the main premise of it could have done with a a, a change up at some point, or just throughout like the run. I don't just
0: know. um, I mean, that's a really hectic schedule doing a fortnightly book with that's one writer. Thing, like, it? I feel like you just need someone else there to bounce ideas off and to help you get the scripts down. Um, and maybe that would have been something better, hmm. but I still think this was pretty good. Yeah, I think Tinny and the Fourth will go down as like a, a having done a really solid. Um, Batman run, which is impressive.
1: Definitely. Um, It had some absolutely great moments in it, for sure. Um, The next writer on Detective is the guy who is doing Michael Cray at the moment. Oh,
0: cool. Brian Brian Hill. Brian Hill?
1: Yeah, and he's also been announced as the writer of um, Miles Morales' Spider-Man book. Now that Bendis is gone. That's exciting. Super exciting. Really cool. Cool. Um, Super Sons, issue number 16 um, this week, uh, had its final issue, although we've learnt that they're coming back in some way, shape, or form quite soon. Um, in fact, they're coming back next week in a god awful Hanna Barbera crossover with Dino Mutt. Yay! This issue was written by uh, Peter Tomasi. Um, and oh,
0: I am not reading any of those. I just realized that's exciting yeah, for
1: me. lucky you. Uh, Carlo Barberi and Brent Peoples did pencils with inks by Art Thibbert and Scott Hanna, really colors by nice, Proto Bunker.
0: Really nice cover by um, Jorge Jimenez.
1: Yeah, who, I mean, the book was at its best when he was doing the interiors. Yeah. I think this this is maybe the the worst the book has looked, but mm. it still doesn't look that bad. Yeah. Um, and this was a, a final little mission uh, for our super sons, Damian Wayne and John Kent to uh, to go on. The whole thing is being like narrated by someone in the future who is old.
0: I assumed it was John Kent.
1: Yeah, because his his grandson order looks just like him. But he, I mean, that he could also just be Damian Wayne too.
0: I know, I know it is a personal obsession, but I just find it so insane. Like, none of the Justice League have dicks. <laughs> like, look at the flash.
1: It's an all ages it's book. It's so
0: tucked. Yeah, but, like, what it, like, Give a bit of kids a bowl. have dicks?
1: Check in there Do you know, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Kids have dicks. Possibly <laughs> a great name for the episode. No,
0: that's bad. But you know what? I Like, why penises aren't, like, inherently rude.
1: Especially not if it's just bulge form. Like it's just the suggestion that there is one there. Have it be
0: that detailed, Christ.
1: Anyway. <laughs> um yeah, like I said, the, the, the uh, Jorge Jimenez draws Bulge. Also, yeah. have you seen photos of Jorge Jimenez?
0: Yeah. Whew. He is he is a handsome man. <laughs> Guys, holy moly. Someone else posted a picture of Clay Man in the serious issues group as well. That's a really handsome man. <laughs>
1: Um, handsome Issues, letting you know who are the handsomest creators in the game today. <laughs>
0: oh my God, that is definitely a bonus episode that I'm doing at some point. Okay, great. That's really creepy. I'm it is super doing creepy. That. Imagine if a man did that to a lady. <laughs> no one will ever talk to me ever again.
1: Um, But I thought this was a strange way to farewell. It wasn't a bad one. But it no, just it was kind just of, nothing happened. It just summed up what I thought this book never got right. And that is it, it just always kind of gave um, the two superhero, two young kids superheroes, um, missions that were kind of way above what I wanted them to be doing. Yes. I like the idea of them, like you know, solving pet crimes and yes. and just kind of like you know,
0: just that sequ- tripping
1: the penguin over in the street and yeah. stealing his donuts.
0: Exactly that sequence from um, Spider-Man: Homecoming where they're like Spider-Man, do a flip. Yeah. Like that's all I wanted. <laughs> that's all I want.
1: Them starting their own little rascals group. Yes. He-man, yes. woman haters. Yes. Do that. Uh, so, yeah, ho- hopefully they, they start their own He-Man Wim Hatter's group in the uh, in the next Super Saiyans iteration we get. We can, only, we can only dream. I think Tomasi is still going to, you know, this, this is his creation, this team, mm-hmm. and so is John Kent. So I think he's going to continue doing it. But that's a goddamn good cover, isn't it? You it know? is a
0: great cover. And
1: I love John Kent's uh, out,
0: little,
1: little, little, I was going to say, outfit. Then I was like, no, it's not an outfit. Then I was going to say uni- uniform. I do this all the time. I always
0: call, cool, um, when we're watching basketball, I'm like, oh, I like their outfits this week. He gets <laughs> angry at me.
1: I hope you can buy I, I would wear that That's a good uh, like a good look Would you really? I mean you know Theoretically For when I had to work At King's Comics And, and do like the tiniest Amount of cosplay effort. Um,
0: speaking of artist change up
1: I was going to say Speaking of cosplay Next week's uh, guest Who's filling in for you Oh is, yeah is, is a very good cosplayer She That's is That's a sizzle
0: One of the only cosplayers I have time for <laughs>
1: Um, so Justice League No Justice uh, issue number three came out this week this is a book that I was enjoying quite a lot for the first two issues it kind of pits all these uh, you know, almost every hero in the DC universe on different teams to save the world from an intergalactic cosmic threat written by Scott Snyder with uh, uh, and James Tinian IV and Joshua Williamson with art by uh, Riley Rossmo oh Riley Rossmo doing it yeah. in this one um, and Marcus Toe.
0: so uh, I, I did miss Francis Manipal yes in a big way
1: um yeah right of course it's that that's what it Don't is promise right me a
0: way. five issue francis manipul series issue. and then take it away from me
1: um but the art was the thing i had the least problem with in this issue this was, was all right no this is back to dark ages metal whatever the fuck it was called dark knights metal like over the top explanation science bullshit uh,
0: that's true There's <laughs> a bit much happening
1: so Maybe. much happening. It was just to just take a break, focus on the character moments between all these things. Stop worrying about the, you know, explaining w- what the threat to the world is, and I don't know. There was a fun yeah. some fun Starro moments, but is Starro dead now? And I hope not. Don't oh, Star-O.
0: like that would be really disappointing to give us this really fun version of that character for three issues and then kill him off. Boo.
1: But this is just yeah, lots of like scientific mumbo jumbo, just kind of like spouted by all the characters that means nothing.
0: And a really annoying Harley Quinn.
1: Yep. For uh, can Go you believe say. it? For once, for once she's annoying.
0: God, it's so hard to get her right, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I really like the Amanda Waller and Green Arrow team up. That's Same. like my favorite thing from this. Same. So give them a book together.
0: Uh, look, and if this leads to the Legion of Superheroes coming back, I'm down. Okay. One
1: more. You want this. a book
0: of Amanda Waller and Green Arrow? How weird would that be? <laughs> What would it be? They just fight about politics like, all ima- the time? I yes, imagine, I want that.
1: Yeah. Imagine if they reboot Super Sons. <laughs> and they just call it Super Sons for some reason. And it's Amanda Waller and Green Arrow.
0: And they just watch.
1: And, and, and they're living in the same hideout yeah. that that the Super Sons have. Yep. And every issue. Looking after all the animals. Yeah, yeah. But like like every issue you just see like John Kent and Damien like peering through the windows trying to get back into their headquarters. Sounds good. And
0: yep. they just sit there and um, talk oh. about. Yeah, argue about politics. Yeah. Sounds great. I'm into
1: it. Um, you read Batgirl.
0: Yeah, I did read Batgirl. It kind of... I don't know if... Because there's nothing in it that says it's Hope Larson's last issue, but this felt very final. DC
1: never let their creators say goodbye in their comics. It's really
0: weird. Um, it I love like it when, a, that,
1: when you get that. Yeah,
0: totally. Um, This was a story where, like, Batgirl was sort of... It's like that classic, like, you're trapped in a dream, but you have to get out of it. Wake up, Babs. Sort of vibe. Um... <laughs> But it was weirder than that. But it was good. It was good. I've I've really enjoyed herblasts run of this. Art. I think she has a great um sort of voice for Babs. The art is by someone young. Let me find
1: it. Someone young or someone young?
0: Young. Young.
1: Oh, young is the I'm saying. Right, sure. Because I was going to say, like, one of the best things about this iteration okay. of Batgirl is that she looks so young.
0: Yeah, Minkyu Young um, and Jose Marzen Jr. on inks and Matt Lopez on colors. And so this kind of has, like, Babs um, sort of getting out of her own... Um, sort of negative cycles. Do you know what I mean? So, like, breaking out of the same patterns of dating the same guys, being the same person, and now she has, like, a fresh, bright future. So, I feel like if this is the end of Hope... I should probably do any research before I do this. Um, But if this is the end of Hope Larson's run, I think she's done a really solid job, and I think... um, I hope she gets more, sort of, mainstream superhero work while still also having the time to do her own shit, because she's great.
1: But her influence on... What I How I view the character of Batgirl um, Like when, when when Batgirl shows up In the end of Detective Comics To mentor Cassandra Kane. I yeah. was like Oh, but, but Batgirl's like Younger than Cassandra Cain Because <laughs> that's how I read her Yeah, in the, yeah, yeah She feels like a teenager in this
0: Really? I still feel like she feels like That kind of mid-twenties Not sure what she's doing She has a librarianship degree But is that really what she wants to do? She's figuring it out She's going to go find herself in Asia And make out with some boys um, And then she's going to come back And be a mentor to Cassandra I like that I Hope that turns into a book.
1: Cool. Um, we got another young animal book this week. We got the third issue of uh, Jody Hauser's uh, Mother Panic Gotham AD. This featured um, art by Ibrahim Mustafa. Is that his name? I think he's There's a, a final page. God damn it. We should. Have a document.
0: Here we go. Yeah, <laughs> Ibrahim Mustafa. Um, colours by Jordan Boyd.
1: Boyd was busy this week. He he sure he's was. A bunch this He's episode. a busy Boyd. Um. And this. Uh. So I didn't realise, but um. Mother Panic, following the finale of her last series, has actually travelled to a different dimension. Yeah. Did you I, not? I didn't. Re- I didn't get that from the first few issues. Right, I, okay. I mean, even if they implicitly say it, it must have just not stayed in my brain. Mm. Um. So figuring that out in this issue, issue I was like, oh right. <laughs> um. And in this different dimension. Um. All, I, but I, I I never saw her as someone that was in the regular continuity anyway, so... Yeah. I thought she was always just outside of it. Whatever. I absolutely um, all, right? all I'm saying is that like she, they didn't need to go to a different dimension to have the, the, the Gotham be all fucked up here, right?
0: Uh, I mean, I guess not. I guess, like, in the past, she was explicitly supposed to be in mainstream... Right, sure. ...DC continuity, which is why I get that they did this. And I really... I'm really loving this arc. I feel really sad that it's ending and I fucking hope someone does something with this character because she's so great and I'm devastated that we're not going to get the like incredible sort of team up between her and her mum that we all deserve totally Um, I want to see
1: so yeah she's in this dimension to rescue her mother who's been uh, taken uh, hostage by a new villain in this... Uh, well, the season. same
0: villain from oh, the last Oh, so she travelled uh, there first. No, no, no. It's just oh, an alternate right. universe oh, version of her. So she's like an artist called Gala. Um, and like, she's fucked up Harley Quinn. And that looks like Jason Todd. And Duke and Thomas, right? Duke Thomas, you got to assume. Who,
1: who killed the Joker with a crowbar. Great. Um, see, I feel like if Tom King did that, you'd hate it.
0: For sure. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, there's a backup I would. <laughs> there's a backup issue backup little um uh, comic uh written by Jody Hauser with um art by Paulina Genu we um and it's basically like finally telling a story in which uh Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy are just impli- like explicitly lovers yeah they're, and, they're and, in and love they're in love and they are together um I I I just yeah I I, I, really I, I liked that yeah. yeah a lot
0: I'll be sad to say goodbye to this um to this universe
1: yeah, I know. I it's love Drew Oh, I mean, but she's like fully on our radar now because of Young Animals. For so sure, that's a good thing. Absolutely. Um, I also
0: read Motherlands issue five out through Vertigo. Um, from Cy Spurrier with art by some guy whose name is.
1: This is the space reality TV show Assassin, Bounty comic.
0: Hunters, Mother Daughter. Yeah relationships, crazy mech suits. Fucking where is the page that says who the artist is? I think it
1: was on like page one. It let Right, on right no in. Pages. Let us know where it is. I'll, I'll find it. Oh, you, go, hang on. There you okay.
0: found it. Um, art by Rachel Stott. Colors by Philippe Sobrero. Um, I really enjoy this. I know that you have sometimes a problem with Cy Speria's kind of world building approach because he's like,
2: what's Here's the everything. wackiest yeah. shit
0: that I could possibly do? And this has another character sort of... Um, who similarly to Dark Darkhawk has like deleted herself and is just being stored on like memory chips in the sort of little car thing that she drives around, and we right. we don't sort of realize that she's died until um the final issue, and it's about um sort of estranged mother daughter teaming up to take down their brother, I mean her brother slash son,
1: who's also about to
0: who is yeah, but he's like a villain, um and it's really sweet because you kind of where you think this is going. Like, this issue totally changes everything. You think that it's all about this mother trying desperately to get her favorite son back, but it's actually her wanting one final adventure with the daughter whose life she ruined. Um, And it's kind of gorgeous. I think Sysperia has a really, like, lovely understanding of mother-daughter relationships somehow. Um, And I think he's created a really compelling world. And it's funny and it's silly. And I really like it. I like everything that he does. Almost
1: any sign of it wrapping up soon, or
0: I think it's probably going to be six issues. Right, I would be like at the very least, it's going to be like I would assume the next issue is the ending of this arc. I don't know if it's going to go on any further, but it's a really satisfying read.
1: Cool, I'd recommend it. Motherland's issue five, the end of our DC segment. How many other publishers' books have you got?
0: I have three. Me
1: too. I'll call it exactly the same three as yours. Nice. Black Hammer, Age of Doom came out this week. What a cover. <coughs> Issue number two, written by Jeff Lemire, with art by Dean Ormston and Dave Stewart. Letters by Tom Klein, Todd Klein. Um, and uh, this, uh, hilariously, like, you know, we've, we're getting from Lemire over at DC is doing a book that, you know, purposely apes uh, lots of Marvel tropes, mm-hmm. especially the Fantastic Four in his terrific book. Mm-hmm. Uh, this just is, is him kind of paying tribute. I mean, we, we've seen... I feel like he kind of hit it a bit better in the first series of Black Hammer, but like there's a lot of homage to both DC and Marvel within Black Hammer, particularly DC, especially in this arc, um, where we see someone else take on the mantle of like a Constantine kind of figure. Yep. Um and
0: uh It's very like I feel like Black Hammer is trying to um pay sort of homage and reference to all the different ages of superheroes. So this is very much we're now in like nineties D C vertigo. Yeah, definitely. Especially when you get to like the last couple of pages. Definitely.
1: Um, which we 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 basically see like his his take on the Sandman, yeah, show up. Um, it's real
0: fun. I like this a lot. It's real
1: fun. Also made me realize like he would be a great pick for someone to start writing a Sandman series. Yeah, I if they know they were to do that. I know Gaiman still is. He's the one writing in the next one, I think. But.
0: Yeah, but they're going to do a whole universe of them, aren't they?
1: Uh, maybe I'm sure they will. Yeah, I'm I surprised so. they haven't done that already. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, th- look, this just continues uh, like you know the the, the mystery of why all the superheroes are stuck in the de- this dimension what happened to the original Black Hammer and uh, as, her, as her, his daughter kind of travels through all these different awful dimensions trying to find him um, and then the, but the, you know the, the main reason this comic is so good is just the beautiful relationships between all the heroes
0: absolutely they're,
1: you know they're, 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 it's so tragic and sad because of course it is, it's a the, it's the Lemire book but the, that's where so much of the heart of this book comes from
0: and we also get to see the new Black Hammer fucking shit up in hell
1: cool but not really it's a trick yeah. I I I love Dean Ormston's take on the devil. Yeah. So good. It's great. very minola. Yeah. So good. Great colours by uh the the man, Dave Stewart. So and the good. cover
0: of the next issue looks great.
1: Yeah. Uh, I love this, this this universe that we get mm-hmm. little peers into um whenever we get a bon- an issue from it. Um and I hope we I hope it just continues to be a thing for a long time. Absolutely. I wonder if it's gonna if they're they are gonna wrap this story up. Or if, or if he's like, fuck it, I want to do a good thing with at least spin offs. So I'll just keep this story going for a while so I can keep doing weird spin offs.
0: I don't know. I mean, wouldn't it be hilarious if it just kept going until like, it reached now in terms of um, referencing oh, yeah, true. Sort of superhero comics? Yeah, well, I mean, it he, just becomes a horrifying mess.
1: He's kind of gone from Silver Age to, to 90s pretty mm, quick. Yeah. Fun.
0: All um, new, <laughs> all different Black Hammer.
1: So, um, through Dark Horse, also this week was uh, Incog Negro Renaissance, which is a book that comes out through Karen Berger's uh, Burger Books imprint through Dark Horse. This is the fourth of five issues of this mini series, which is a precursory um, book to the original Incog Negro se- series, mm-hmm. written by Matt Johnson with art by Warren Police. Um, it's basically about a, uh, a lighter skinned black man who is able to kind of pass. It's, you know, it's also set um, in the. Twenties. Twenties. Um, and so him being able to pass as a white person uh, gets him many things that he wouldn't and a lot of his peers aren't able to get. Mm-hmm. Um, and this whole thing is about him investigating the murder of a uh, like a friend of a friend who dies mm-hmm. in the first issue. Um, and he meets a, a woman who uh, is similarly fair-skinned and uh, the two of them kind of confide over that while slowly working out who the murderer is.
0: It's a really, like, good sort of noirish um, murder mystery. It's really compelling. It has something to say. The art's really gorgeous. I love it.
1: The characters are wonderful. I still haven't read the original Incognito yet. No, me neither. I might take that it's home the today, list. actually. Um, but uh, the, I, I love Warren Police's art. Yeah. And I, I hope I continue to see both of these creators uh, once the series finishes. Absolutely. Great good stuff. Um, final book for me this week is Love and Rockets, uh, issue number five, But really, it's like issue number fucking... One million. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Written and drawn by Gilbert and Jamie Hernandez. Los Bros Hernandez. Uh, This is the long-running fan of graphics comic, uh, which started in the 80s. And all the characters from uh, both of the Brothers comics have aged in real time. So uh, this uh, comic sees a, I guess, 40-something-year-old Maggie and Hopi... um, reminiscing on their punk days and -hmm. there are flashbacks to those punk days uh, in the Jeremy Hernandez uh, sections and then the Gilbert Hernandez sections continue this uh, his crazy porno soap opera comic um, which now features like the daughter of the daughter of the Mm. daughter from the first uh, series that we saw set in Palomar. It's really, really crazy. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it's the book like I – Because I've read so little, like, and just bits and pieces here and there of Love and Rockets. But um, it's the comic I love to read without knowing what the fuck is going on. But I just love it every single time it comes out. It's so, like, perfectly illustrated. All the characters, like, obviously, because they've been writing them for, like, however many years, everyone just feels real.
1: Yeah, well, this is, like, as as someone that's read everything, Mm. this was an extremely... um, this is a, like a kind of a gift really to get yeah. this so much closure on Maggie and Hopi's relationship because it, when they were teenagers, they were kind of like an on and on and again, off again mm-hmm. relationship together. And then they both kind of didn't see each other for years. Mm-hmm. And so now that, you know, they've grown up, they're both with other people, but having this like hilarious night together talking about their past was, was really, really satisfying to read in a way that I don't think many comics are ever able to kind of get to in such an incredible amount of time that the Hernandez brothers have been able to with the series.
0: And they're just such amazing cartoonists.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And they're they're so unique as well. Like, yeah. Um, it's just, it's so great. It's so good. Yeah. Like I know a lot of people that only read Jamie Hernandez's parts as well. Why? There is this kind of like idea that Gilbert Hernandez is not as good, but he's just different. And he's different guys. He's so good. He's so good. And his story, like, even though I know it's like just like a series of, of large breasted women, um,
0: Large breasted women have like interior lives as well, everyone. <laughs> uh,
1: look not, beyond. Um but he also for some reason he started uh like actually blanking out the boobs.
0: Yeah, I know. and like,
1: then in, 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 like the last few issues that had they were covered in boxes that said four eighteen plus only. <laughs> which I think is like this meta commentary on like what people read his books for and yeah, yeah, yeah. what he's trying to say about it. Um in fact, someone even writes in and is like, "Hey, how come they're all covered up now?" And he's like, "They'll be they'll be uncovered in the collections." Right.
2: But,
1: <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, I this the fact that we are still getting issues of Love and Rockets is just a treat.
0: Yeah, totally. I love that Laluba's um, granddaughter is just wearing a t shirt that just says Cole Sprouse. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's great. Good. One of my favorite comics of all time. I, I don't, it's just so cool that we I can even get to talk about yeah new issues of it um on, on the show.
0: Every single time this comes out, I'm like, fuck, I have to track down every single trade of this and just, like, lose myself in well, it completely. Yeah. if
1: you look at the, the final page, this has the advertisements for all the collections. I think most of them are on, on the King shelves, yeah. um, and that's the best way to get through. They're all, they're divided up by um, by creators. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I know that, like, you know, you you have to start from the beginning, really, if you want to get the full story. You don't necessarily have to. I think you can jump in on a lot of their, the trades and, and, and get an understanding of how good these comics can be, but they don't start... You know, when they started these comics, they were very young men yeah. writing their first comics. So clearly they grew a lot as writers and, and as artists. But, um, man, you got it. Yeah, I think it's, if, you're a, if you're a true comics fan, it's a rite of passage. You have to, at some point in your life, read every single Love and Rockets issue. It's the best. It's so good. Uh, so that is it for the show this week. Um thank you so much for listening. Um if you would like to uh, hear more of us this week, um as soon as I put this episode up, I'm going to then edit another Patreon uh, exclusive episode mm-hmm. to our Patreon, which is patreon.com/seriousissuespodcast. Um head on over there and uh and and listen to us talk about some incredible graphic no- graphic novels. Yeah. Um you, you know what, you know where we can be found. Look where? us up in the in the in the show details.
0: Yeah. Um, do a little bit of work yourself yeah, for Christ's sake.
1: sake we read all these books just for you yeah, but the God. least you could do is follow us on every social media platform
0: where I never post
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm good on there.
0: yeah 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 you're good.
1: good yeah so follow me at the very least absolutely and Siobhan okay. at the very most thank <laughs> but- you so much for listening and we will see you very soon bye bye
2: Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.